Hello and welcome into another episode of On Texas Football. My name is Tommy Yarsh. Happy to be joined by Mr. Randy Peterson, an Iowa State columnist for the Des Moines Register. Randy, thanks for being with us today. How's it going, man? Thanks, Tommy. Yeah, I'm doing I'm doing very well. Um, we had basketball media today today, so we got to see who's going to um, replace Tyrese Hunter, who's now who's now uh, a Longhorn. So, um, yeah, I'm good. Football leaving for I'm leaving for Austin on whenever Friday. What's going on in Austin this weekend? Also, is this Austin live or or Austin City Limits or, uh, or Austin City like Limits? Yeah, we're gonna. So it's gonna be football and concerts all weekend. Yeah, long, it's maybe. it's like yeah because there's not any. And I got a ho- hotel room two months ago and it was. Uh, I usually try to stay downtown. I can just walk up, walk up to the stadium and everything was was full and they were jack the rates up to like 800 a night or so so they can get advantage of their of their um clientele that will be in town so oh, yeah it's no, all good tommy absolutely well glad that we'll have you in town uh certainly hope you have a good time and get here safely uh great to have you like i mentioned let's go ahead and break down this game right from the jump here i want to talk about the cyclones as a whole coming into this game they're 0 three in big 12 play but i think their record kind of sells them short a little bit we've seen they've lost the last three games by a combined just 11 points. What's the biggest issue for Iowa State right now when it comes to pulling away and holding a lead? Um, the big, the biggest issue is a r- lack of a rushing game. Um, they had a decent rushing game when Jirel Brock was healthy. I mean, he's no Brees Hall, for example. Um, he's no David Montgomery, for example, the last two Iowa State running backs who are now in the NFL and starting in the NFL. He's not like those guys, but he but he was he's consistent. He had a hundred yards in each of the first three games, I believe. And then he then he started getting some kind of naggy um, ankle injury. Um, so he's been he's been hampered by that. He he missed a game. He tried to play uh, at Kansas and got hurt on the re-injured it on the first play. And then um, last week against against K State was was not you know. It, it wasn't it wasn't a good situation. So um, it's without him, it, the rushing game is an average without him. An average rushing game is is not good at all. I mean, they're averaging what, 116 yards rushing yards a game. That's I, I looked this up. That's the lowest since since 2017, which is Campbell's um, second season in 2016. The 116 yards is the second lowest in at least 20 years of Iowa State football. So Iowa State's always had decent running backs. They've got no running game right now, and defenses are being able to, um, you know, let the runners, let the rushing game do what they want to do because they're not going to do anything and then pay attention to the passing game. So you talk about the rushing offense. How about the rushing defense for the Cyclones? Uh, really impressive so far. They rank 11th in yards allowed per game and then 13th in rushing defense. They held Deuce Vaughn last week to just 23 yards on 10 carries. That's really tough to do. He's one of the better players in college football. Touch on a little bit what that means and what's made them really find success as a unit. Who stands out and has played a big role on that uh, on that on the defensive front? Well, I. I, I... I will question whether there's anybody, any defensive coordinator in the Big 12 better than Iowa State's John Haycock. I mean, yeah, there may be bigger names, but what Haycock has done at, at Iowa State, this is Iowa State now, what he's done at Iowa State has been has been incredible. 
Iowa State has <clears throat> how they how they were able to to limit Deuce was because was just the swarming swarming to him, swarming to the ball, which which the the three man offensive offensive or defensive front led by Will McDonald and the linebackers have have been able to do the 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 Iowa State Haycock's deal is he wants he wants linebackers that can essentially switch that can be essentially be interchangeable with with defensive backs. He's looking for that same skill set, albeit thirty pounds heavier. But he's he's looking for that that same skill set, very quick, very much of a sure tackler, very athletic, very agile, and and he's got it. The guy that's that's been other than other than Will McDonald, the the All American defensive end. Um, the guy the guy that's been impressive is is linebacker Colby Reader, kid that came from Delaware, played four years um, at Delaware. This guy's incredible. This guy is, is he's a 25 year old guy, and he is he's he's been all over the place. He's intercepting passes. He he's forcing fumbles. He's 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 recovering fumbles. He's making. He might be the surest-handed tackler on the defense. Don't if you run to his side, then that could that could be trouble. He's been he's been really. I guess I don't want to say a pleasant surprise because I didn't even know what to, I did. I'd never even heard of him before he got to Iowa State. I don't pay a whole lot of attention to Delaware. I don't suppose you do either, unless you went there. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, um, yeah, so Kobe Reader is is Kobe Reader and and Will McDonald are the guys that uh, that if they're on their games and if they play the well, I suspect they will. They'll be the guys that if, if anybody's gonna gonna wreak havoc havoc on on Bijan or Ewers or whomever, um, they're the guys that will do it. We'll talk about the Texas offense a little bit later. Uh, we touched on the offense for Iowa State a little bit earlier. I want to delve more into that. Uh, they're really missing guys like Brock Purdy, who's in the NFL now, and Brees Hall, who you mentioned earlier, also going to the NFL. They rank 96th in total offense coming into this game. They've only scored a combined 20 points the last two weeks. What's your take on the offense? Who stands out, and how do they kind of get that ship turned around? Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. They get the sh- who stands out as has has been um, Xavier Hutchinson, I mean a, a receiver, and I and I've asked Campbell this half in jest. Why not just throw to him on every down? I mean he's 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 the top among the top two or three receivers in the Big Twelve. One of the top receivers in the country could have gone, could have done the NFL draft thing last year, except the, in the bowl game or just before the bowl game, uh, the Cheese It Bowl against. Uh, who was it? Clemson. He'd, he'd hurt his thumb or, or something like that. So he wouldn't be able to perform like he thought at the combine. So he came back and this guy is, is, is very good. You guys will see that um, this weekend. He's very good. Um, Iowa State's receivers are very good, but like I said earlier with Iowa State having a non-existent rushing game, 
defenses can load up on on the the wideouts, which to me then why not throw the ball to the tight ends? Charlie Kohler were and Chase Allen were tight ends last year. They're both on NFL rosters. Nonetheless, Iowa State still plays three tight ends part of the time at least. Throw them the ball. Iowa State's not done a, a, a good enough job throwing them the ball, I don't think, which completes some mid-range passes like that or short passes to the to the tight ends over the middle, and then that might loosen things up on the outside. So for those reasons, um, that's that's pretty much why Iowa State's offense is, is stuck in neutral, if you want to, if, in the mud. Do you want to say that? But uh, they lost four four skill position guys off that offense last year. I mean, Purdy, like you suggested, Brees Hall, and the and the two tight ends. Those guys are on NFL rosters. Again, this is Iowa State. This isn't UT. This isn't OU. Um, this is Iowa State, where they don't exactly always successfully plug and play. Yeah, no doubt. One of the guys who hasn't really impressive in plug and play is Hutchison. Coming into this game, 604 yards off five touchdowns and 57 receptions, already matching his touchdown total from a season ago. Uh, we'll get to that a little bit later, but I want to stick with the offense here. Uh, they, Like you mentioned, they really struggled running the ball this year, 106.3 yards a game. That's last in the Big 12. They're pretty banged up in the running room, in the running back room. We'll touch on injuries later as well. But with that in mind, uh, what does this offensive game plan look like? Do they change it at all? Or are we going to see a bunch of different ball carriers who maybe haven't gotten too many carries already to start the year off against a Texas run defense that's only allowing 126.2 yards a game? I asked Campbell that explicit, that, that question almost exactly that way on Tuesday, except I, I threw in, I threw in um, how can you change the off? Are you going to plan on changing the offense? Are you changing personnel? And are you changing staff members? And this came right after um, Rutgers canned their offensive coordinator. There's been a lot of a lot of talk up here among fans about um, the job Tom Manning's doing as the offensive coordinator, which to me is ridiculous um, because people forget that Tom Manning was a part of Iowa State having two in two the last two running backs being in the NFL, for example. Tom Manning was the offensive coordinator when Iowa State last year and the year before was having the Big 12's best passing game. So this is just one of those one of those things that that happens. And it starts with with the injury um, to Jirel Brock. Matt Campbell is one of those hard-headed coaches. And I say that with respect because I, I really like Matt Campbell. He's one of those hard-headed guys, though, who won't throw as many passes as, as what, as what you'd think. I mean, he'll still try to, to plug away with handoffs to options B, C, D, and E as far as, as far as um, running backs. And last week they used four, three running, four, three running backs. Um, I, I would not be surprised if, if um, Hunter Deckers, the quarterback, a strong arm lefty, my gosh, he's I've, he's got as big an arm as I've seen at anybody at Iowa State in a long time, and I've covered Iowa State a few years. I would not be surprised if he um, has some planned runs. Um, that and Cam, I asked Campbell that, and he he kind of smiled and and um, he didn't exactly say no 
And so I, I can read Matt Campbell a little bit. So I, I assume that there'll be some planned runs for the quarterback. And if he can get, if he can get three or four yards, three or four yards a pop, and then, and then throw a ball to, to Xavier Hutchinson or, or heaven forbid, a tight end, then maybe Iowa State can move the chains and the defense won't have to worry about, about um, the Texas offense. But, but um, we'll see. And Iowa State certainly is capable of moving change, chains against Iowa, an Iowa team that, that obviously we're seeing that isn't nearly as good as we thought it'd be. But their defense is good. Iowa State in the second half won the game on a, on a 12-play 99-yard drive in Iowa City in the rain. Um, on a on a on a on a drive that that Hunter Deckers um, completed, the Iowa State converted six to six on third down. For example, it did not have a penalty in that drive during that drive, and that's that's another thing. The problem uh, there have been some dumb offensive penalties, but so Iowa State's got it in the got it in them. It's just a matter of 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 doing it, and trust you know, and you know as well as I do, there's going to be hundred thousand strong at um, Saturday in the stadium and. They're all going to be remembering, and so the football, so the football players at Iowa State's won this game the last the last three years. So um, Iowa State's got it in them, but but it's just a matter of 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 uh, you know can they can they do it and and get back to the question? I think I think we'll see the quarterback running more than he has. Cyclones did a really good job holding back the Longhorns running back room last year. 104 yards on the ground. That was their second lowest outing of the season last year. No touchdowns came on the ground. What has to happen for Iowa State to step up again and play solid run defense against this team with a running back room that is the same as last year and just as good? Stick to stick to fundamentals. Um, try to force a turnover or two. Um which Iowa State, Iowa State's done it. Iowa State's forced some turnovers. What the linebackers are going to have to be have to be huge. They're going to have to be great. The defensive backs are going to have to be. Sometimes they've been a little shaky, as in um, as far as one on one tackling, and they're going to have that's that can't happen at Texas. I'm you know because I'm assuming the the most of the Texas players are, are Iowa State has a problem like a lot of teams do when they're facing teams with a lot of speed. Um, you know, I played Baylor in the first game, for example, and wow, after three non-conference games and facing Baylor's speed, that was that was quite a um, quite an awakening. So I I'm not that concerned about Iowa State's defense against Texas's offense, to be quite honest with you. Um, I think I think John Haycock, the coordinator, will have a plan. I think Iowa State defensive players are good enough to carry that plan out. Now it's just a matter of of how UT will respond. Um, but uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm really excited to see, to see that kind of that matchup uh, UT offense against, against Iowa state's defense, but, but Iowa state certainly going to have to have eyes on eyes on Bijan for sure. And, and wrap him up and not let him get do their best to minimize the yards after contact. 
Yeah, certainly. I think the focal point of this game is going to be the Texas offense against the Cyclone defense. Two really solid groups uh, going at it, and they they battled hard last year. They battled hard the past three years where Iowa State's come out on top. Should be another really good showing on Saturday. Uh, we've kind of foreshadowed this question. Let's go ahead and touch on injuries. We talked about it in the running back room earlier where it's a pretty heavily banged up area. Uh, what are some of the other major injuries that can really have a big impact on how this game ends up going? Well, um, Reader's a little, the linebacker I've been talking about, Reader's a little bit banged up. He left, I think he, it was in the fourth quarter of the, they play K-State, of the K-State game, but Campbell said he should be ready to go. Um, other than that, I think Iowa State is um, is pretty healthy, but it's it's the running backs. And they've got the th- two running backs, the, the number, Jirel Brock, the number one running back, and Cartavius Norton, who came started the season, who was expected to be the number two running back. He's been hurt all year. I mean, he's carried not many times in the opener, and he got hurt. He hasn't played since, or much at least since. So that's that's the main the main deal right there. The the receivers are healthy. Everybody else is healthy except for um, except for a Reader, and I'm assuming that that he'll be fine by by the game. Um, I think it was something, maybe some kind of lower leg thing, but I'm assuming he'll be fine by 11 o'clock on, on Saturday, on Saturday morning. So Iowa State's probably coming into this game as healthy as it, as it normally is, which isn't the most health. And, and just, and the fact that the, the most of the injuries is, is clustered right there in the running room, in the running back room. That's the biggest problem. All right, so we'll keep an eye on those injuries going into Saturday as well. Last question here for you, Randy. Uh, Cyclones have won their last three against the Longhorns, like you mentioned earlier, but they're also on a three-game losing skid coming into this week. Matt Campbell said on Tuesday that his team is close, and based on the margins of victory the past three weeks, he may not be that far off. And based on everything you said, this is a team that certainly uh, could look to give this Texas team an issue. Uh, He also said that this is the best Texas team he has seen in his tenure at Iowa State. So with all that in mind, what's going to have to happen if the Cyclones want to pull off an upset in Austin on Saturday and extend that winning streak against the Longhorns to four games? It's going to be – if if that's to happen, it's going to be two things. It's going to be a kicker. What was it? You can help me with this one. Last year down – last year down there, the kicker missed – the Texas kicker missed at the – a walk-off, what would have been a walk-off, I think, a long one. and Or Iowa State's going to have to make a kick. I I, I honestly believe that. Um, Iowa State lost the Kansas game by by three points, and the kicker missed missed two field, missed three field goals, two of which bounced off the post. So, I mean, Iowa State's been close in the in big close, like like you said. They just haven't been able to, to get over it. But Iowa State's going to have to play airless, airless football, cause a turnover or two. Maybe maybe defense is going to have to score a touchdown, um, which is possible. I think the defense scored a couple of touchdowns last season. They've not done it yet this year, and and do it and do it. We need to talk about this, but do a good job on special teams, especially the return part of the special teams. Iowa State's had a tendency for an opponent to return a kickoff forty yards, for example, or return a punt twenty yards, for example. Iowa State's going to have to button it down against against Texas because. Because from the outside looking in, from afar, and from talking to my buddies at the at the at the, at the Statesman, 
um, including one who's no longer there anymore. God rest his rest in peace, Brian Davis. Um, the uh, I, I, I really I really think that that Iowa State's going to have to play air free football. Um, team to be close in this game, and, and Iowa State's not played air free yet. So if Iowa State plays air free, they might be in the game. Certainly a lot to look forward to. You mentioned special teams. Jeff Banks' unit for Texas has done a really good job limiting those return yards. And then the Texas offense against the Iowa State defense, man, that's going to be a good battle. Mm-hmm. Texas offensive line has seen a lot of good edge pressures coming at them this year. Guys like Will Anderson and Dallas Turner have given them tests, and they've got a whole new one coming up with Will McDonald. Cyclones head to Austin for an 11 a.m. kickoff against the Longhorns this Saturday. Should be a really good one. Huge thanks again to Randy Peterson of the Des Moines Register for joining us today. Really appreciate your time and insight, Randy. Thanks so much again. And that's going to wrap things up for us here on this episode of On Texas Football with Inside Texas. Thank you so much for watching. And make sure to come back tomorrow. I'll be joined by Ian Boyd for our weekly game preview episode. Lastly, be sure to like this video and subscribe to the channel. Channel's been growing great recently. We appreciate all of your support. And just make sure to tune in throughout the week as well for more content leading up to Saturday. For our producer, Matthew Hutchison, and all the great folks at Inside Texas, my name is Tommy Yar, signing off, saying have a great day, and we'll see you next time.